0: Welcome everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the All In Podcast. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Eli Cooper, and I'm once again joined by my guy, Mike Badzik, Season 2. We are relaunching, we're back for Season 2. After a little over a month layoff, my guy, how you been?
1: Uh, Been great. Not as good as I am right now to see your face again, uh, to, to talk some hoops and sports in general. We are back. After taking a holiday hiatus, uh, you might call it, we are back. Season two, we're going to be coming in hot and heavy.
0: Yeah, and you guys know we love to talk about the NBA or just basketball in general. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to jump into today. We're going to kick season two off with some hoops talk, especially since there's been so much that's happened in the NBA since we last saw you guys. Uh, Before we get into all of the crazy topics we have for today, Make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you're hitting that subscribe button for more all in podcast content. And you can also find all in politics on our YouTube channel. Their third season uh, kicked off uh, a couple of weeks ago as well. So you can catch up on their show on our YouTube channel. Uh, So go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Mike, first things yes. first, since since we haven't talked about any real NBA action in a while, we got to talk about James Harden and, and his great That's yep. right?
1: Yeah, we have to talk about it. Uh, we talked about it before it happened quite a bit, and uh, I was on the don't do it, don't trade him to the next, don't give him what he wants, uh, trying to got to a point where I think uh, maybe the Philly offer – Look like they weren't willing to move on some pieces, so it looks like Nets were the only option. So he ends up with the Nets, um, and since he's gotten there, they have been easily the most exciting uh, and interesting team in the NBA, I would say, because we really don't know what we're getting with these guys right now. Yeah. So 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 he's been there, I think seven games. Um, they are, they have the best offensive rating in the league since he came. No surprise there. I mean, maybe a little bit just because we were wondering how the pieces would mesh. But when right. you have that, you know, three guys who can score like that, uh, we kind of expected the offense would be there. The defense, as we also expected, maybe not we didn't expect it to be this bad, has been the worst in the league. The worst. Uh, it has been the worst in the league. So that's an area of concern. I think a lot of people are looking at this. And, you know, we had talked about the chemistry. We talked about the, uh, the meshing and it, almost overlooking – the defensive aspect of this where we really, maybe we should have zero in on this. And you start to think of this team, like who's going to be guarding guys down the stretch and playoff games. Like Kevin Durant coming off his Achilles injury is probably their best defender. Yeah. Uh, he's probably going to be the guy matched up on, on the other team's best player in the playoffs. Now, Kevin Durant in 2018 and 2017 definitely was that guy. I mean, he was a defensive player of the year candidate uh, his last year with the Warriors before he really got hurt. Um, I don't know if he can do that off of Torn Achilles. Now, he has beaten every expectation so far off of that Torn Achilles, as we will talk about uh, shortly, I'm sure, with the MVP race. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to ask him to do that on offense and defense is going to be a load. Now, um, you know, maybe it's a product of they're not taking these regular season games super seriously, uh, right. especially on the defensive end, and those things will tighten up. If you look at their fourth quarter, um, efficiency. It's insane. I mean, it's, 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 it's actually insane like to look at because you would think like, okay, like we know that the defense is going to tighten up in the playoffs um, for, for them and for their team. How will they perform then? Uh, well, probably the, I would say in the regular season, at least before the all-star break, you know, kind of the only time we get any kind of playoff intensity, quote unquote basketball. And it's really not even, but it would be like the fourth quarter of these games. Like down right. the stretch, that's when teams start to maybe like turn it up a, a little bit on defense. Right. Um, they have been unbelievable in the fourth quarter on offense, right? There, I think, um, I think their offensive um, rating, so like per 100 possessions, they're like 134 points um, in the fourth quarters. That's insane. For reference, like the league leaders right now are normally are at about 118 points per possession. The Mavs broke the record last year at about 119 points per possession. Uh, now that's their fourth quarter number. So if you're thinking defense shrinks a little bit in fourth quarter, they don't seem to slow down. If anything, they get a little bit better. Maybe uh, it's the defense that is uh, the the trouble spot. I'm sure you agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the
0: only issue that you can yeah. really find with this team, but it's such a glaring issue that it, it makes me wonder if they can even come out of the East. And that sounds crazy to say about a team that has Kyrie, James Harden and KD, but like you mentioned, like of those three guys, KD's the only one who plays defense at all. Uh, you know, James Harden is any effort you get out of him, you're happy with. But uh, typically you can't count on that from him. Kyrie will give you the effort, but he's not typically a good defender. Right. So, sure, you can count on KD to guard, you know, the the forwards, you know, the tougher forwards that you're going to see, especially in the playoffs. So, for example, Giannis, I feel confident with him guarding Giannis and things like that. However, if they if they were to see the Bucks. You know, second round, like they're looking at right now, who's guarding Drew Holiday? Like, right. and that's that, you know, Drew Holiday is not like the super elite scorer, but Colin Sexton's been giving you fits. Like, pretty much every guard that you faced has been destroying you. So, who's guarding Chris Middleton? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where it comes down to, you know, and Joe Harris, again, another guy that's going to give the effort defensively, but like, he's no stopper. There's no mm. stopper on this team where you can say, especially on the perimeter. Uh, which is where most of teams best players are, or are at the guard position now just because of the way the game is changing you know that's where it concerns me is in playoff time how are they going to stop guards from doing whatever they want uh you know Colin Sexton had two back to back incredible games against them they got two wins if the playoffs started today they would see the Cavs i don't think i don't think that would go i mean they'd win that series but boy they would they'd struggle in that
1: Quickly, quickly, I love Colin Sexton. Can I just yeah. say this? I am obsessed with Colin Sexton this year. Yeah. The, sorry, sorry. To yeah,
0: not... no, Colin Sexton's been great. Um, you know, I, and I, I've, I've liked his game since and his mentality actually since high school. Yeah, um, he's kind of he's just got that pit bull mentality, so I agree with you there. But yeah, I mean, this Nets team uh just doesn't have any perimeter defenders that you can count on on a consistent basis, and that's where. This team, I don't know if towards the trade deadline, uh, after or after the trade deadline, and starting looking at like buyout things like that, that's where this team will really kind of the acquisitions that they make there will determine whether they're actually going to be like championship worthy. And really, what I think they need to go out and get is kind of like a, a point or shooting guard, you know, a smaller kind of defender, because James Harden actually can guard like bigger players pretty well. It's like the shiftier players that give him issues. So you really don't want him guarding like ones and twos. You got you're probably gonna have to slide him to the three. Maybe you bring Joe Harris off the bench, and that also mm-hmm. gives you some offense off the bench anyway. Yeah. So if they can find, I saw they picked up Shumpert. I don't know how much you're really relying on him, but he, he'll he'll play D. He will do that. Right, so, right, right. You know what I mean? That's that. That's you can see that they know that's an issue and that they're they're gonna try to address it. It just depends on who becomes available for them. You know, in the in probably the buyout market, I don't know how much trade assets they have after going to get an artist.
1: Almost none. And it is going to be the buyout market. And so yeah. this could be a completely different conversation if they get somebody. You know, the teams that they have played so far with this, uh, you know, big three have not been great teams. Um, yeah. So they've played the Cavs twice, the Thunder, uh, they've played the Heat twice, and the Heat have all, how, all of their issues with injuries and COVID uh, and the Wizards, who, have been just a mess, you know. They gave up 149 points to the Wizards last night in regulation, right? That was not an <laughs> overtime. It was not an overtime game. They gave up 128 to the Hawks, 125 to the Thunder, uh, 125 to the Heat the first time, 147 to the Cavs, 125 to the Cavs. They played one good defensive game uh, against the Heat, where they only gave up 85 points. Um, notably, starting for that game was Kelly Olynyk, Bam, Duncan Robinson, Gorin, and. Kizi Okpala, So not exactly a great competition so far. It'll be interesting to gauge these guys as they go down the stretch. Hopefully, maybe for them, can pick up a couple buyout guys, like you said. Agreed.
0: So definitely a team to keep an eye on. I'm interested to see how they match up with my Sixers. So mm. we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the Eastern Conference in a little bit. But yep. let's talk about everyone's favorite conversation, the favorite award in the NBA, the MVP award. Who is your top five MVP frontrunners?
1: Okay, so I will go in reverse order in order to keep you all in suspense till I get to number one. (laughs) So number five, I have KD. I think a lot of people probably have him higher. And I'm also doing this like, yeah, like this is also right now, but I'm also kind of projecting out like how these guys are trending. And with KD, like he's been fantastic, and especially, like I said, off the Achilles injury. Um, I do think that as the season goes on, he probably starts resting more as they start to lean on these other guys, so maybe that takes away. Four, I have Kawhi. Uh, He has been amazing. People have not been talking about Kawhi this year. He has been unreal just across the stat sheet. He's doing everything right for them, and they are the first seed in the Western Conference. I know we've talked a lot um, about the Clippers and how great they – I mean, not the Clippers. I'm sorry, the Lakers, and how great they've looked, Um, Mm -hmm. and, and they look better than they did last year, really, at least up to the last couple games they did. Yeah, uh, but it's the Clippers right now who are in that one seat. And Kawhi has been the biggest reason why. So I think he deserves MVP love, but I have him fourth because he just doesn't have the statistical, um, you know, kind of numbers that some of these other guys have. And he's probably going to be resting games as well. Right. Three, right now I have Jokic. Um, I, I think he's, he might ascend to one or two, depending on what Denver does. You know, it looks like they've started to kick it on a little bit. They had a slow start, but now they're yeah. starting to win games. They're kicking it on. Uh, they won seven out of their last 10. He probably ascends as they ascend up the standings in the Western Conference. Two, I have LeBron. Uh, it's been a great start to the season. Anthony Davis has not given them the production that they might be used to, and he stepped it up, uh, which means, number one, I got your boy. The number one seed in the Eastern Conference it has to be Embiid. It's his award to lose right now. Uh, yeah. Basically, if they keep that one seed and he keeps playing like this and he stays in shape like this, He's going to be the MVP.
0: Yeah, uh, he's he's been great, man. So I'll give you my list here before we, start to, before we dive into some of these. At five, I have Steph Curry. Of course. A little bit of bias there. However... But it's he, not. It, yeah, he, I mean, the Warriors, especially when you consider how they look in the first two games, yeah. got bombed on national TV by the Nets and the Bucks. Uh Since then... Are a playoff team, which yeah. not many people expected, um, and in a tough Western Conference, they're sitting two games above five hundred right now, uh, and their season. You know, when you look at how the the pieces around Steph Curry have played, yeah. it's not good. Uh, Andrew Wiggins has picked it up as of late. Uh, I will give him credit. I will give him credit. Gotta give it where it's due. But he he was off to an awful start. He's starting to play a little bit better. Um, Kelly Oubre has been as bad as you could possibly be um, you know, for, for someone that they were expecting to at least give some production back from what they lost from Clay, but yeah. he can't throw a rock in the ocean right now. <laughs> uh, James Wiseman, who has actually been good as yeah. a rookie, um, in my opinion. I'm not sure why he's only playing 21 minutes a game. To me, I, I'm not sure what current angle is there. And actually, since Looney's come back, He's he started over Wiseman like the last few games. Um, doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but, you know, Kerr's got three championship rings. He might know a little bit more than I do. And Kevon Looney also has three championship rings. Right. So maybe that has something to do with it. Right. But to me, Wiseman just gives them that lob threat and things like that that they that they don't really have without him um, and an it's, inside scoring presence.
1: And, and let's go off on the Warriors here for a second because they're so interesting. Yeah. Like, after that first game um, on national TV where they got absolutely smoked uh, by the Nets, do you remember what I texted you after that game? It was how, how many games before Steph Curry uh, fakes a wrist injury or fakes a twisted ankle and right. packs it up for the season because it looked yeah. that bad. Because it looked yeah. that bad. Uh, and he's been just unreal this season. Yeah. He, is, he absolutely deserves to be in the MVP conversation. Yeah, so yeah, I have him in fifth. He's
0: averaging about twenty-seven point uh, seven points, six point one assists, five point four rebounds. Um, you know, twenty-eight six and five is MVP caliber numbers, in my opinion. And, and the fact that he has this team with Kelly Oubre and and Andrew Wiggins playing so badly mm-hmm. uh, throughout this season, he has them in a in the playoff hunt. Um, and really, the West is like. After that, after that, top three is all separated by one game. So they could anybody from the three seed to the eight seed is separated from one game. So right. you know who knows where they could land, but it's they look like a playoff team to me. Um, especially when he plays well, they win every time. Uh, in four, I have uh, in four, I have Kawhi Leonard. Okay, uh, with the Clippers, you know, number one seed. I agree that we have not talked about Kawhi Leonard enough um you know as far as or people aren't talking about how great he's played so far um and a lot of that is because Paul George came out the gate smoking right so mm-hmm. he was kind of the guy but lately uh, he you know Kawhi's made a late push um you know averaging 26 a game 26 5 and 5 i think that might be his assist numbers are are higher than yep. probably what they've ever been in his career and you know that that makes a difference and i think the clippers the, the moves they made in the offseason getting Batum and Ibaka, I think we're starting to see a little more, um, you know, spacing and, and more flexibility defensively from them. And I think that's really helping. Um, so I got, I have Kawhi Leonard at four. At three is where Jokic comes in for me. Uh, okay. Like I said, Denver starting to play better. He's been incredible. If you're just looking from a number standpoint, He's probably he probably has the best numbers just in general on this list uh, of of top five guys, and you know with his team playing better and better, if they can grab a, a top three or top two seed, um, he's certainly in the discussion. Mm-hmm. At number two is where I have KD. Uh, now again, I'm not projecting ahead. I actually yeah. still drop in this, but for right now given that James Harden's only been there for seven games and Kyrie missed like two weeks, uh, you know, with, with whatever issue he had, maybe never actually told us. We
1: still don't know.
0: (laughs) We still don't know.
1: I I totally forgot about that. We still don't know why he wasn't there. Okay.
0: Man's just used up his PTO, but, uh, about it. (laughs) Um, yeah. So given, given that, uh, I have him in second, um, and from a number standpoint, he's been incredible. So, you know, we got to give him his credit there. And then, um, you know, as now, again, I think he actually drops uh, from second, probably out of this top five because I just don't think you can give MVP to someone who has James Harden and Kyrie Irving on his team. Sure. So we'll see how that pans out throughout the season. Uh, but then, number one, I have to agree with you. I think this is Joel Embiid's award to lose as of right now. And, you know, as if if you do need me to make the case here, here, I'll go ahead and make it. No, please do. 28 it. points, 11 rebounds per game. Defensively, he's been great. Yep. He's in he's and a lot of this, you know, this this, uh, you know, great play is coming from just him being in shape. He's in so much better shape. He's running the floor. Uh, he's he's taking guys out uh, to the perimeter and he's, he looks more agile. You know, so I think that's a big reason but really look at the sixers without him the sixers record with him and without him is night and day
1: yep.
0: uh, and to this and to this point the sixers with their fully healthy starting five have not lost a game yet uh so with and that's you know with Ben Seth uh Tobias Danny Green and and Joel Embiid have not lost a game yet so you know how many and- games have
1: they played like 5
0: no, they've played. I think they last time I checked, they were eleven and zero.
1: Okay, okay. So That's eleven, out of, 11 legit, out of
0: twenty-one because they, yeah. they did miss quite a few games um, yeah, because Seth of the COVID on, yeah. stuff. Fair yeah, right. and then Seth was out the longest. So, but yeah, when he's not in the lineup, they're significantly worse. I mean, they were flirting with a loss to the Pacers last night, who who aren't bad, but it took a little bit for them to come back. They look significantly worse without Joel Embiid on the floor, um, and and a lot of that to me has to do with Ben Simmons, but. We'll, we'll talk about him later, but oh, yeah. To me, um, it's he's where you're talking about value, most valuable player. Not only are the number one seed in the East, but uh, you can you can clearly see that the Sixers are uh, a, a better team by far when he's on the floor. No, LeBron. Yeah, so LeBron came in at number six for me. Okay. Um, now he would have been. I think he would have been in my top five. Uh, had they not just lost two of their last three
1: games yeah,
0: uh, and dropped to the three seed here. Um, and also his numbers really aren't that great uh, compared to where they've been in the past. Uh, typically for him to be in this conversation, he's got to be in the one seed for me. So I think like, you know, as KD drops out of this list, he'll move up. But again, mm-hmm. he's kind of in the, he's kind of in the situation for me where, you got Anthony Davis on your team and, yeah. and Anthony Davis hasn't been superb this year, but it's hard for me to give a guy an MVP award when there's another top five player on his league on his team. To me, that kind of cancels you out of the situation. Cause where's, you know, I think there's these other guys are kind of either carrying their teams or have been carrying their teams so far uh, more than LeBron has.
1: Yeah. I don't disagree um, with that. And, and you're right. The numbers just aren't, They're not huge um, per se. Kind of like with the Kawhi situation. Um, You know, now LeBron's efficiency has been insane. uh, And they're winning a lot of games. So last couple hasn't been great. So, But probably, you know, as Anthony Davis regresses to what we think Anthony Davis is as a player, maybe LeBron, he loses a little steam with the MVP talk. Yeah. Agree. So –
0: We've talked about the Sixers for a little bit, but tough to get in the East? Yes. Are the Sixers the team to beat in the East still, even with the Nets right behind them a couple games back? Are the Sixers the team to beat in the East? And how confident are you that they can come out of the East?
1: Well, I'll say this. So I was thinking a lot about this um, team to beat type thing in the East. And like, I just don't think that I can say any team is the team to beat besides the Nets because of those three guys yeah like those three guys like like and we can talk about the the defensive rating till the cows come home at the end of the day when people turn on these games they're expecting those three to win yeah right like they're the team they have those three guys and nobody else in the east has uh, two guys on that level really i don't think any yeah i don't think any team has two guys who are that level yeah, uh, you know, you could argue Ben, I guess Ben Simmons um, on any given night, but I don't really see it, especially with the offensive. I'm sure you're gonna get into to him, but yeah, uh, I do think you know having Doc Rivers has been good for Joel, especially. And if Joel, you know, the thing we always say kind of about the Sixers come playoff time, Ben is all—I mean, not Ben, Joel is always out of shape. Yeah. yeah, he's always out of shape. Every year he's out of shape. You can't keep him in these games. Two years ago against the Raptors. Uh, he was getting owned on the boards by uh, players who were not as good as him, and yep. then last year, same thing. He was just out of shape. He couldn't hang in there with Boston, and that was a sweep. Um, so he looks like he's in shape this year. He looks like it's a different Joel Embiid this year, and it might be. And if it is, you know, suddenly I'm talking about them as maybe not the team to beat over the net, but they're definitely the second best team. Uh, so I would say my my confidence in them. To sustain this level, to even finish the season as the one seed is pretty high because I like what they've done with their roster too, with the shooters they've added. Um, They're probably, you know, even with Seth hasn't even been there a lot, but he's going to add another piece. You're probably going to dive into this more. Looks like they still don't quite know what to do with Ben and Joel on the court at the same time in a half-court offensive set, Uh, but I think it's better than it was last year. It's definitely better than it was last year. Uh, So, so maybe, you know, you you continue to work on that through the season and it gets even better. My confidence in that is like a seven, seven, you know, no one else in the East has looked fantastic. You know, that that's also helping their case right now is that no one else is blowing us away. Even the nets who have those three guys, like the defense is so bad. Uh, The Celtics, you know, they're only 10 and eight. Now I I am liking the Celtics and that was my preseason pick to win the East. Jalen Brown has taken a step 27 a game now, like, He's a seriously great second dude. He might be, you know, they, him and Tatum might be the two guys. When you talk about no other team having two guys, those two might be it. Yeah. But we don't know what we're getting out of Kemba. You know, Kemba, we don't know who he is anymore after right. all of these injuries. And then there's the Bucks, who, you know, Giannis has shown us. Giannis and the Bucks have shown us the past couple of seasons that we cannot trust them in the playoffs. So this is pretty wide open right now in the East. Right? And we knew it would be going into the year. We kind of knew that it would be wide open. And, and there were about four teams who could actually win it. Um, five, if you include last year's champion heat, who I have not even mentioned because of the season they've had so far. i we'll talk about them. Um, yeah. I would say, I would say the team to be for me is the Nets because of those three guys. I would agree. I actually do think the Ugh. Nets
0: are still the team to beat, simply because they have those three guys. Yeah. Um, but I have a lot of confidence in the Sixers. Um, Don't do this to yourself, match,
1: Eli. Don't do this. And how it, they Eli. Match up with the Nets? You know they're going to break your heart, man.
0: Listen, listen. You know, I, I'm fully ready for it. Right. I'm. I'm still uh, gonna. I'm gonna go all in and and just deal with the heartbreak when it comes because that's what Philly fans do. Oh, it we is. Die, we drink the Kool-Aid <laughs> and then we get our hearts broken every time. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do, do, do it again. We're going to I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid and let them break my heart. But I think things are a little bit different this time. You know, I think, you know, I'm kind of like the girl whose man keeps cheating and when he comes back. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> I'm gonna give him another chance. He's changed, right? Yeah, we got yes. Doc, we've got Doc Rivers now. He's matured, sure, you know. So uh, you know, Bet- Joel and Beans in shape now. Yeah, uh, we have veteran leadership. Uh, a guy like Danny Green, who's actually won something in his career, uh, in our starting lineup. Seth Curry, um, you know, doesn't have hasn't been on a ton of winning teams, but a veteran nonetheless, um, and gives us some some older role models. We have guys off the bench. I really love Tyrese Maxey uh, on both ends of the floor. Matisse has found his way back into the rotation and has been super productive. Uh, Shake Milton has been a surprise, possibly sixth man of the year candidate uh, and our third leading scorer. Um, And really the, the one thing that gives me any doubt about the Sixers, as always, is Ben Simmons. Yeah, and and not Ben Simmons the defender. Ben Simmons the defender uh, is incredible. Like, let's just be honest. That dude's defensive player of the year caliber defender. The way that he plays defense, but he's he's almost uh, he's almost regressed offensively to the point where you know. And I I don't know if it's because you know he still hasn't figured out how to play with b, but he just. It's, it's not even the fact that he doesn't take threes. It's the fact that he doesn't even drive to the cup hard, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, when he gets the chance to. He gets downhill and it will be full speed and then kick the ball out without even, like, making any contact with anyone when he's driving down the lane. Um, you know, even Giannis, when you, when you look at Giannis, who has the same issues that Ben Simmons has. But when Giannis goes to the cup, he'll run you over. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to yeah. try to at least – get to the cup, get all the way to the rim, and finish over top of you, you know, or, or bully you, and, and he'll either force you to take a charge, which in the playoffs teams will do, but in the regular season they won't. Mm-hmm. And, and Ben Simmons doesn't really seem to have that kind of aggression for someone who doesn't shoot jumpers at all. He also has no pull-up mid-range game. So if you're not going to have that aggression going all the way to the rim, you got to at least show that you're willing to pull up from the elbows. And honestly, I think if he was willing to do that, he wouldn't really need a three ball that much because I think he could get any shot he wants inside the three. If he just shoots from the the elbows or the foul line area, but that's the one thing that's holding the sixes back is how one just his aggressiveness in general, because Hmm. that's eventually, you know, don't get me wrong. Shake Milton has been great. And Seth Curry has been great, right? We're getting 30 points between those two, but we're only getting 12 a game or 13 a game from Ben Simmons that's not enough, and and That's for rough. someone who was the number one overall pick, when the playoffs come, I can't rely on Shake Milton. Don't like, I, don't, no disrespect to Shake Milton, but I'm not. I don't want 15 points per game being in his hands. I think I can rely on Seth to knock down some shots and be just you know yeah. productive in general. Um, but our our second best player needs to be Ben
1: Simmons. And we did this last year with Shake Milton. We did this last year. remember I was like Ben Simmons. Well, this is the thing, too. This is why I am hesitant on the Sixers because, you know, as much as we love what Doc has done, we really still haven't figured out how Joel and Ben play together in a half court set. We haven't really figured it out. Right? So so, you know, I guess the option has been, well, we'll just we'll just maybe maybe they tell Ben to stay out of Joel's way. Has that been the strategy so far? Well, like I think that might be working right now, uh, but it's kind of like you know you put a band aid on a cracked pool. Like, right, it's gonna break. And when the playoffs come, you have to figure this stuff out. Yep. Uh, you might be able to patch your way to the regular season, but it gets tougher in the playoffs. There are more half court sets in the playoffs. Like, it's just a problem that needs to be fixed. They have time. You know, the playoffs don't start tomorrow. Right. But but you're 100% right about you know those are those have to be the two best players on the team. In the playoffs. Yeah. And
0: and, you know, Tobias Harris, uh, another player that Doc Rivers, I think, has had a positive impact. If you think back, the last time Tobias Harris was this good was when he was playing for Doc Rivers in L.A. Uh, So, you know, Doc, I mean, I think Tobias has been, uh, you know, his production has kind of masked what, you know, Ben Simmons has been doing. And it's kind of allowed him to just kind of focus on his defense and not really have any pressure to score. He's our fourth leading scorer right now, uh, Ben Simmons. Wow. So Or fifth leading scorer, I'm sorry, if you count Seth Curry. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know that I can if, – if we can get this kind of production maybe more out of Tobias Harris, then maybe we don't quite need as much out of Ben Simmons, but I don't know that I can rely on that. I think if we can get Ben Simmons to play superstar-level basketball, which he's capable of – that's when I think the Sixers really become the true contender of the East Uh, because, you know, in order to contend with a team like the Nets, he's going to have to be on the floor, right? Because he's probably the only person on on our roster that can somewhat guard KD. And offensively, he can't be a negative out there. He can't just be out there, you know, giving us eight points, 10 boards and 10. He can't be Draymond green offensively. If we want to beat the Nets, it's as simple as that.
1: Let's do this then, just quickly. Um, I'm gonna ask you, I'll ask you right now. So you guys got swept by the Celtics last year, right? If you guys matched up in the playoffs starting tomorrow, or even projecting the playoffs this year, would you pick the Sixers or would you pick the Celtics? I'd take the Sixers. I would. I think I think we're better than we were
0: then. Yeah. Um, and and I think we're much I think we're much better coach. But I just as assuming Joel Embiid stays in the shape that he's in, he stays healthy. I don't know what they do with him. I don't think that they have anyone at the five spot that could really guard him. And that's going to draw doubles. And he's actually been much better passing out of double teams this year. I think that's another reason why he's been so much better is he's getting the ball out of his hands quicker. And a lot of that probably has to do with doc adjusting the spacing, um, that he things like that. But, you know, I, I do, I do give us an edge over the Celtics. I never loved the matchup with the Celtics. So like, I'm not, saying 10 out of 10 times we're beating them. That's a seven-game series.
1: See, my worry is, and the Sixers are better this year. You're right. My worry is we said a lot of this stuff last year. Going into that playoff series, we said a lot of this stuff about the Celtics don't have anybody who can do anything with Joel. Now, if it's a different Joel, it's a different than Joel. If he's in shape, it's a different story. I still like the bucket-making of those two guys on the Celtics.
0: Fair. Now... My only thing is I think we're also better defensively than we were last year with Danny Green, uh, Matisse off the bench. I think yeah. we have more guys that we can throw at them, include one. You already had Ben. I think we have more guys that we can throw at them than we did last year. Um, and I also think that we have a better g- chance at guarding Kemba Walker this year than we did mm. last year. We didn't really have any guard, perimeter guard defenders. Now we've got guys like Maxi, Matisse. True. Danny Green, like different guys that can also guard, um, you know the point guard position. So I think that's where we've gotten better. Um, so we'll see. But I, I do think the East is wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, you know anybody except probably the Bucks. I don't know why. I just I don't what? think Bucks, I don't think the Bucks can win the East because they just the the all the falls that they had before are still there.
1: Yeah. So I just, you know I think I drew.
0: Yeah, and I like Drew a lot. But you know, do I like him? Do I like him enough that that, that I take them over the Celtics? I don't
1: know. Yeah, I would probably. Now I don't know. I mean, the Bucks like they have not been great this year. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and Middleton probably almost should be more involved than he is. Like, I think they should probably great. decrease Giannis's usage numbers. Like, yep. I know, that, like we spent like three years talking about Giannis getting a jump shot, but like, have we ever considered that like just put him on the block, like make him a five? Make he him, is make a him five. Shack. Like he's Shaq. Like what yeah. are we doing with him? Like I don't get this thing where we're like, well, when Giannis gets a jump shot, like he ain't getting a jump shot, bro. Right. It ain't it's happening. Five, bro. He's seven foot and all muscle. Like those guys don't get jump shots. <laughs> with
0: yeah with super large hands like come on right right <laughs> he's he's the more mobile version of he's he's Orlando Shaq yes he Orlando Magic Shaq with a little more muscle definition yeah so i guess that kind of concludes our eastern conference contenders portion who in the east do you think yeah. right now that people might like that you'd consider like a pretender in the east someone who's highly up there maybe it's the sixers but someone who's Who's a who people like in the East that that you're not really fond of?
1: Could be the Sixers. Well, I I mean, of all the teams, so like, who who are we including in this? The Sixers, the Nets, the Celtics, the Bucks.
0: Yeah, top four. Those are because those are the four real got teams that have a chance of coming out the East.
1: But like, that's the thing. Like, I really, I think that they're all they all could disappoint us. Yeah, they all could amaze us, right? So I think. Um, if, if I was going to pick one of those teams and say who's most likely to fall on their face in the playoffs uh, in the first round, I think it's the Sixers, depending on the seeding, depending on the seeding. You know, if they're the 1-8 matchup, yeah, they're going to run through the, whoever the eight seed is. Right. But, like, I'll kick you this. Like, if they're the three seed and the Pacers fall to the six seed with Brogdon and Sabonis, I know you probably do. But, but Brogdon and Sabonis are both really good players.
0: I, I hate the Pacers and how they match up with the Sixers. Not the team. I actually like the Pacers, like how yeah. they're constructed, but they match up. They match up really well with my Sixers. That's why I hate them. Wow, there you go. This
1: is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. and the fact that I can't definitively say that the Sixers would beat them in a first round series makes them have to be the team most likely. Because I think the Celtics take care of the Pacers. I think the Bucks take care of them. I think the Nets definitely take care of them. The Sixers, what they've shown so far, would definitely would. But most likely for a first time upset, I think it's the Sixers. I'm sorry,
0: we might be. However, I think Milwaukee, yeah, uh, is the one team out of these four. What you know for the reasons I said, where I'm like, I don't believe in them. You know, what I mean, I have to. They're a team where I have to, I have to see it to believe it because they've been fool's gold for the yeah. last two years now. Uh, so that's where pretender sticks out and, and sticks out to me is is Milwaukee. Because those other, I think, I think the Sixers are for real this year. I do. I think, I think we're, I think we're bare minimum, depending on seeding. I think if we get to the number one seed, we're in the Eastern Conference Finals. But definitely, we're definitely second round with whoever, whatever seed we are. I think we're second round at least.
1: Probably, probably right. Because we're saying those are the four best teams. They should make, should make the second round. What about the Hawks? You win on Hawks. Well,
0: not as them jumping into that
1: conversation, not in that chair, right? Like, I think, uh, I think, like, right where they are is probably the best they'll get.
0: And and you know what, I think they, I think they actually need to kind of reevaluate their play style because you know, don't get me wrong, Trey Young is incredible with the ball in his hands, but well, he hasn't been as great as say, last year, see? but but like you know, we we know how how good he is. Yeah, at, you know, with in pick and roll situations and stuff like that, but I think they're beating that pull A to death. Like I think teams are just so, and I think that's why he's struggling is that you know that when you're playing the Hawks, you're just going to have to be able to defend the pick and roll. So that's what they're doing, and yeah. I think it's kind of limiting some of the other talented guys that they have. Uh, when really they have the personnel to run like a Warrior style system mm-hmm. and move the basketball, get guys, and even get him. Off the do ball it. A little bit more and they, yeah, they won't do it. And it's, uh, you know, I, there was reports that John Collins said that they need to, you know, play a little less through Trey. And I agree with him. I don't think he's wrong at all. I think, I think, you know, practically every possession is like Trey young, get us a shot. And I don't think, I don't think you have, you know, a team with a bunch of low IQ guys where that's the style that they should be playing. So, you know, they actually have a lot of veterans that they brought in and Clint Capella has been great. You know, yes. have, you know, and and John Collins is a is a really good player. Cam Reddish, Querter, uh, they got the uh Bogdanovich I got it. and Danilo. Danilo. Yeah, Danilo. I mean
1: and DeAndre it, Hunter has had a great year. DeAndre Hunter's had an amazing he's he's, great. Got, he's, he's the reason he's the reason that they are where they are. I mean they yeah, if they didn't have DeAndre Hunter, they probably would be closer to where they are. They were they were last year just because they weren't able to stop anybody.
0: They'd be holding hands with the Wizards.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right, I mean. right. Yeah,
0: he's he's been great, and that's why I'm like I think they need to get more people involved into this offense than just Trey Young. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's just where you know I'm. And me and you we're not fans of ball dominant point guards. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I understand the cases where it needs where a guy might need to be that player when his team is just that bad. The Hawks are not in that category. So I just, I don't understand it.
1: And they were last year. So maybe, you know, it takes a, is a transitional period to kind of like learn to play with other good players for Trey. Right. Uh, I also think that there is, there is probably a organizational motive in making sure he always has the ball and gets as many stats as possible uh, right. to make the Trey Young for Luca trade look not so bad. I don't think they'll ever recover from that. Right. <laughs> but I think idea. kind of the idea, at least last year was like, well, if he gets as many numbers as possible, it won't look so bad. Right. Um, so maybe that's it.
0: Yeah, true. All right. So let's
1: move on. Let's talk about the West.
0: Okay. We haven't talked about the West nearly enough here. Clippers sitting at the top at 16 and five due to the Lakers' recent struggles in the last couple of games. Utah,
1: 15
0: and five, a half game back. Lakers in third at 15 and six, and then the Nuggets uh, in fourth at 12 and eight. Memphis, Phoenix, Portland, Golden State round out the rest of the top eight there. So, I mean, let's 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 talk about Utah. What side are you putting them in? Contenders? Have they actually improved? Are you are you buying the Utah hype this year, or are you still waiting and
1: seeing on them? Well, there is no way that they're better than the Lakers. Yeah, of course. But. I do love Utah. I love what they've done with this team. And here's the thing about Utah that um, makes them so dynamic is, like, they're not actually that dynamic. They just know who they are. They know exactly who they are, who does what uh, for them. And they've had some nice surprises this year, right? Mike Connolly. Yeah. Um, and I want to take credit for calling this on the pregame show, has been more of the Mike Connelly uh, that they were expecting when they got him last year. He's kind of fit in now a little bit better. Yeah. Um, you know and then Bogdanovich has been really good and Gobert is going to be on an all NBA team this year he's been that good defensively yeah and offensively he's actually his numbers have gone up they're not using him much more but his numbers have gone up Jordan Clarkson has a strong case uh for six man of the year Jordan might Clarkson has, it might be the strongest case right now for six Year. he might win that award at the season end of the day uh I would you know, if you're asking me if they're to be a contender, they have to make the Western Conference Finals. I don't see it. I don't think they can beat the Lakers or the Clippers. But I think in that next tier, uh, it's them in Denver, and then there's another gap between the next team. Yeah, I
0: agree. I think they've I think they've solidified themselves as a top four team in the West. Yeah. Um, the issue is, like we said, that the Lakers and Clippers are so much better than the the nuggets in the, in the jazz, in my opinion. Um, but they, yes, they have been better. Um, six guys averaging double figures. The Mike Conley, mm. um, you know, trade that they made last year is starting to pay off more this year. Jordan Clarkson has been great. Like you said, he's their second leading scorer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that's, uh, that's all you could really ask for from a guy like him, uh, coming off the bench, bringing you offense. Donovan Mitchell has been typical Donovan Mitchell, um, you know, and while we're on the jazz, I just want to—I want to throw something at you that we haven't talked about. Uh, but Shaq had some pretty harsh and random criticisms for Rudy Gobert first on Instagram. Oh, really? no, Yeah, I didn't and see then, the Yeah, and then then the Donovan—I'm sure you saw the saw Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell yeah, just randomly. Yeah, and I'm just him. like, does does he have a problem with the Jazz or like what is? What's what's hmm. up
1: with Shaq and the, the haterade? Well, there is some serious haterade coming from Shaq, and also like if he's telling Donovan Mitchell, like you're not one of the three best players in the league, like I'm sure Donovan Mitchell was like, yeah, I'm probably not. Like, yeah, right. I'm okay. Like that's okay. Like I I'm okay where I'm. At. Like it was weird to me. Of course, it was it was random. Um, I don't know what the Twitter reaction was, but I'm sure it was like, what is wrong with Shaq? Like, yeah. Uh, and
0: it wasn't even like, so I guess, and and when Donovan Mitchell just kind of shrugged it off, he was like, that's, you know, that's the answer I was looking for. But it didn't come off to me when he initially said it, like, he was trying to, like, motivate Donovan Mitchell to go up into this other tier of. Oh, that, is that what he Yeah, I guess that, like, that's what he kind of tried to make it seem like after Donovan Mitchell was just like, all right, whatever. You know, he was like, Yep, that's the answer I'm looking for. I'm like, No, that wasn't. That was not the answer you were looking for. There were two things I think Shaq was trying to do. One, maybe he criticized him earlier in the game or earlier in the week, something like that, or criticized him before and wanted to be the guy who's like, I'll criticize you on the air and I'll criticize you to your face in a post game interview. And then I think when he saw Donovan's reaction, he was just kind of like, Yeah, let me back off of that a little bit. You know, he's a a nice guy. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't do anything to deserve that. You know, so and maybe he was just kind of then trying to play it off as the big brother. But I was just – to me, that was so weird. And to me, I, I I can't get down with the the ex-players hating on the new players. Like, there's a difference between giving your analysis and then just telling a guy that he's not good during an interview. Well, like, also,
1: like, Shaq, like, being like, oh, like, I'll be the guy to motivate Donovan Mitchell – like, by talking shit to him in this post-game interview. Like, Donald Mitchell's like, why do I care what you say? Like, you're not my dad. Like, I don't like it. Like, why is Shaq taking on this responsibility to be, like, the guy who kicks young players in the ass? Like, like. Yeah, man. If I'm, you ain't in good circle,
0: you don't need to do that. Unless you're, like, his right,
1: mentor do that. Or even like if Chuck, like if Chuck did that on TNC, it'd be like, okay, like Chuck, you're goofy, you know what I'm saying? Like, right? And Shaq, like just with like like you saw man. You like, what are you doing, Shaq? Like, <laughs> I just like, yeah, that was weird.
0: But yeah, so uh, back to the teams in the Western Conference. So you know, Utah, I think is a solid team. I think they'll stay in that top four range. Yeah. Uh, what about the Suns?
1: Mm, I love the Suns.
0: I love how they're built, uh, but for they're- some reason, it hasn't. You know clicked so far And maybe they're right around where we thought they'd be At the sixth seed I I never really thought They'd be more than three At at best best case scenario Would be a three seed Uh, But they're sitting at two games above 500 They've been missing Booker the last couple of games Yeah right right But Mikael Bridges has been great for them Right he's really stepped up here uh, This year right
1: Yeah Bridges has been uh, kind of like amazing Like probably better than they could have ever Expected out of him uh, this year, our boy Cam Johnson is still doing his thing.
0: Yeah, shout out to Cam.
1: I think that there is something to be said for, like... Well, first of all, they don't have much of a bench besides Jay Crowder. Yeah. Um, who is a great bench bench piece. But if you're asking for, like, scoring off the bench, you know, Cameron Payne. Yeah, I don't know how much I like that. They've been going with Abdel Nader more. Definitely don't like that. But, like, you know, I I also think, like, I think Devin Booker, this is gonna sound wrong to people and, and I'm gonna seem like a hater here, but like he has this reputation of being like this guy that he's actually never really been. Um, like he's never actually won anything. And also he you know, he's not this guy who like averages thirty a game like this premier scorer, and he probably never will be this guy who averages thirty a game because he is like a guard. Like we're not gonna see that. Much anymore, like it's only going to be forwards who are really doing that, or really ball dominant point guards. Which he's not, like a ball dominant type of guy, right? Right. So I think like if 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 you're looking at the pieces they have, they don't really have that star, top 15 player in the league. I don't think Booker's a top 15 player in the league. Maybe he's close. Maybe some people would have him in there. I don't have. He's he's fringe at best. If he's fringe, right? 15 to 20, maybe 15 to 20. So if he's your best player, um. That's pretty good, um, but you're probably going to be sitting in about the five or six seed in the West, even though they have a pretty good supporting cast, not a great bench. I think it kind of makes sense where they are. Maybe they're a year away yet.
0: Yeah, I think they're probably still a year away. The problem is that Chris Paul, Chris Paul probably yeah. isn't there next year, and that actually probably ends up being a step back for them. Um, but I do I do like the improvement in Mikael Bridges. I think that is a positive what concerns me the most, and what I thought, um, you know, we'd see by now, is the progression of DeAndre Ayton, and, not, and we're not seeing
1: that. Um, yeah. And not
0: that he's been bad, but like we're talking about a guy who went before Luka Doncic, uh, Trey Young, you know, those kind of guys who who have been elite so mm-hmm. far, and he's he hasn't, he hasn't set himself up to even really look like he's anywhere close to like a top five center in the game. I don't even know that I'd put him in my top 10, you know, when you factor in just maybe offensively, he's probably just his skill set alone is probably top 10. But like from impact, he's not a top 10 center in the league. And I think that's really what they need is him to kind of is him to improve because mm-hmm. you know that's what you're kind of building this franchise around. Is maybe Booker never gets to a top 10 caliber player, but if you if he's maybe top 15 and then DeAndre Aiden's top 25. Right, when you're talking about two guys who can who with the Chris Paul, know, yeah,
1: it's a right, point. with the
0: Chris Paul, with Mikhail Bridges being the you know playing the way he is, and uh, Cam Johnson playing the way he is, like that's when you're looking at like okay, the Suns might be for real, and especially when you factor in anybody with a good big man like that who who's good on both ends of the floor has a has a chance, you know, because that's that's a rare thing that you see in today's game. So I don't know what. And I thought Chris Paul would kind of help him with the pick and roll yeah. and stuff like that. I thought he'd get a lot more easy baskets. That doesn't seem to be the case. He's rebounding well, um, and I think he's been okay defensively. But fourteen points per game ain't cutting it for a number one pick. It's kind of like the Ben Simmons thing to me. Is like, you know, you're a number one pick, dude. Like, <laughs> you gotta, you right. can't be out there averaging
1: averaging fourteen or under points per game. That just doesn't cut it for me. Yeah, but at and- least Ben, like Ben, like you. Like when when the Sixers play, like you see Ben Simmons and like he's doing things and like he kinda pops on the screen. Like Aiden, yeah, he like, does you I'd be forgetting Aiden who's out there. Like he's <laughs> right, just like yeah. another guy on the court. He could be Clink Capella for all I know. Like yeah. but, you know what I mean? Like he just doesn't make an impact. Um and Chris Paul actually, like, of course, we love him and he's old also, so he gets some slack, but like he hasn't exactly been great. You know, he he hasn't I been last year. He hasn't been what he, he – he's not what he was last year, no. Right, yeah. What about Memphis? Dude, Memphis is interesting, right? So they've won six in a row. Um, kind of, it's funny, like they missed all these games because of COVID. Kind of like the best thing that it could have happened, right? Because they got John yeah. back. Uh, yeah. He was out, and now he's back. And they've won six in a row. I, I, I'm out. I'm, I'm the pretenders to me. Yes. I just don't think their roster is good enough um to make the playoffs in the west and i'm, I'm staying consistent because i did have them uh took the under and was going um uh missing for them to miss the playoffs this year i just like when you look at some of the guys that are like starting like jaron jackson's not back yet yeah. um so like that's that's creating a huge hole at the center position like xavier tillman is not a starting center no. Uh, in the NBA. Like he's only playing like 20 minutes a game starting, but like Georgie Jang isn't a starting center either coming off the bench. Um, they've got Kyle Anderson starting who I can appreciate the the little things that Kyle Anderson does um, as a bench guy, right? Like he's not, yes, right. he's not, you know what I mean? Like he's just not a guy you want. as He's like Andre Miller, right? Like Andre Miller was a great backup point guard forever. You wouldn't want him as your starting point guard per se. Right. Uh, I just don't know that the guys around jaw are good enough to take this team to the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I
0: I think they have good. I think they have really good role players. Like I like Dylan Brooks as a three and D guy. I really like Brandon Clark. Um, I mean, you know, Jaron Jackson. I think is closer to a stud than he is a role player. Um, but they don't have him right now. So, and who knows when he? You know, I think he's getting close to coming back. But you know, who knows if he's the same when he comes back? That's a pretty major knee injury he had. Uh, but then outside of that, there's really no second. I think Jared Jackson has to be like your third best player for you to be a playoff contender, at least at this stage of, for the Grizzlies, they don't have that other guy that they can really rely on besides John ja to get them, you know, points on offense. Yeah. So here, here are the Clippers again. Now this time yeah. they're the number one seed. Are we buying in on the Clippers after they, they let us down last year is, are they different or is this just, you know, regular season
1: L.A.? Well, here's why they could be different. There's a strong chance that Kawhi um, tells Paul George to sit down and shut up during the playoffs and takes it over himself. Now, playoff P is going to playoff P, and that could be the downfall of this team. If they're anything like they are in this regular season right now, they're going to be in the Western Conference Finals. And I wouldn't be surprised, just from motivation alone, from getting beat last year. They make the Western Conference Finals. I just can't see them beating the Lakers, man. Like Anthony Davis is such a problem for them. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then when you take away Trez from the Clippers and put him on the Lakers, now I think Ibaka is better than Trez, uh, and that's a better pickup to have the Clippers to have Ibaka than to have Trez. Uh, but that's still a huge piece missing from that bench that was so strong last year. Uh, yeah. And you add him to the Lakers, so I still, I'm still rolling with the Lakers as the team to beat, best team uh, until someone shows me otherwise in the playoffs. But I, I think the Clippers are the second best team.
0: I agree. I still think they're the second best team, and and it's because of Anthony Davis. Um, yeah. As as much as I like what Ibaka has brought to this team and what Batum has brought to this team, <laughs> yes. Um, neither of them well, Ibaka probably has a better chance than Batum, but neither of them, you really love that matchup with AD. I mean, Ibaka's, I think you like it, but again, he's still, AD's still one of the best players in the league. Yep. Um, and then that's where it kind of gets iffy is because, you know, maybe you have to slide Ibaka on new, onto AD, so you have to start Zubak to guard Gasol, Mark Gasol. You know what I mean? And that's where you kind of maybe have to think about changing your strategy. And really I think that Ibaka cutting down Zubak's minutes is what's making them better. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that I don't like Zubak, but I think he's a rotational big more than he is a starter. Like last year in the playoffs, he was playing close to 25 minutes per game. I I don't think you want that. And Denver exposed that, honestly, by putting him in a ton of pick and rolls. I don't think you can really attack the Clippers this year that easily in the pick and roll with Ibaka there because he can switch, he can hedge and get back. And and protect the rim. So Mm. it's not quite as easy to to play against them in pick and roll situations when Ibaka's at the five. But I don't know that he can do that against the Lakers. So I still think the Lakers are the best team in the West. Um, You know, but I I think the Clippers are better than last year. I think they are, uh, you know, with 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 the addition of Ibaka. I think they, I I agree with you though. I think they will miss a guy like Trez. Um, I think ideally you would have liked to keep him and add Ibaka, but. Yeah, you know, I, I think losing him to the Lakers, uh, to where you know, now coming off the bench, he's he's an offensive rebound problem for you, and, and you know, and, and a pick and roll threat as the roller. I don't I don't love that situation for the Clippers. Uh, yeah. Interior defense is their issue, and they also seem to get lit up by guards. Weirdly, at, at random spots, uh, they seem to get lit up by guards when they're supposed to have one of the best defensive trios. And Pat Bev, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard. Somebody of those three is a fraud. It's, it's Pat Bev. Yeah, I think
1: it's definitely Pat Bev, right? Yeah, he's, I don't know. I don't think he's as good of a defender as. I can't stand that guy, man. I, I, I don't, sure. I don't not like a lot of NBA players. And of course, I'd like all of them, but sports, sports hate, I don't sports hate a lot of NBA players or NBA teams, really. Um, just the nature of growing up in Pittsburgh, we didn't have a team. So it was kind of like cheer for everybody and, and, uh, not a lot of people he didn't like. Pat Bev is a dude. Cannot yeah. stand watching him play. Um, just like a, uh, yeah, gross.
0: I think he's more of a hacker than he is a defender, but that's just me. Oh, he's a hack for he sure. Hack. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about, yeah. hold out today's show with some teams that are disappointing so far. And there's quite a few. There is. Uh, on, on both conferences. So do you want to rant about your Raptors first?
1: Ah, uh, I'm actually I'm actually feeling fine about the Raptors, to be honest. You are, okay. It has been disappointing, I will say. Um, now listen, what people don't understand about the Raptors this year, we have zero home games. Okay, like yeah, you see, the Raptors true. are at home. We're playing in Florida. These home yeah. games are their home games. Okay, so so I think we need to cut the Raptors some slack. True. Um, but you know, whatever excuses they're going to be playing that way. So if they're going to suck, they're going to suck. They're eight and twelve right now. Uh, that's actually better than how they started. So they have shown yeah. some improvement. Um, Siakam took a little bit to get in a in a groove. Um, you know, Lowry and Van Vliet were not themselves to the start of the season, but they're starting to come on now. The lack of a big, and we knew this would be the issue when Gasol and Ibaka both walked away. It has been an issue, right? Aaron yeah. Baines turns out Aaron Baines and Chris Boucher are not Marcus All and Serge Ibaka. Yeah. Um, as much as we liked Aaron Baines coming into the season, as much as I liked him coming into the season, he's just not those guys. Yeah. Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be an issue. And uh, the biggest thing is stops with the Raptors. If they can get stops, they'll be in the game. And I think they win a lot of games down the stretch with the guys they have in, in Kyle and Fred. Um, when they can't get stops, they're not going to outscore any of these teams, right? So you see the Pacers put up one twenty nine; like they have no chance when a team scores that many. Uh, point. so it's going to be tough. It's always a struggle. It's been a struggle to score. Uh, and, and Siakam, I think we've reached his ceiling, whatever that is. We found it. Uh, he, yeah. He's not going to be this superstar, top ten player in the in, in the league. He's just not. Um, I but I think they're good enough. I think they do. They're. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Yet, I still think they're going to make the playoffs. But that, yeah,
0: because how confident are you that Charlotte holds that season?
1: Well, Charlotte, I'm, I'm sure Cleveland is gonna find their way back down where they maybe should be, but um, so I think I think the Raptors do get in. Probably the Raptors and the Heat replace the Cavs and the Hornets is probably how it's going to go. That's the other team I'm sure we'll talk about. But yep. yeah, I'm actually not feeling too bad about the Raptors to be honest. Fair, fair. You know who I'm?
0: I'm incredibly disappointed in, and maybe I shouldn't, but I am the the Mavericks. Yeah, what, I have them, What's wrong right. with the Mavs? Uh I you know, granted, I get it, you don't have KP, but uh that but they came...
1: Have. he came back. Oh he... yeah, he's I been guess... oh, he's been back. Yeah. He, he played a couple games, he played a couple. Yeah. Games.
0: So you know, maybe he's not in rhythm yet. I don't know, but I think you know, I thought the Josh Richardson ad would do a little bit more for them defensively. It hasn't. Um, you know, and I wonder if they're falling into a similar thing is the Hawks where Luka Doncic just has the ball too much, and like, granted, twenty seven nine and nine, it's hard to say, hey, let's get the ball out of his hands some, right? But he still, for one, hasn't really developed into a consistent shooter from the three or the foul line. Um, you know, he's he's shooting about seventy six percent from the foul line, which is better, but he's shooting twenty nine percent from three. And for someone to have the ball that much in, in, in his hands that much, I think you need to be more reliable from those two areas, especially with the type of style that they play. Yes. No. So, um, and I think they have their, they're another team where you have other guys who can do things with the ball. I think they need a little bit more movement. Um, and, you know, maybe with KP coming back, that gives them some more rim protection. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I can't really pinpoint what their problem is. It's definitely on the defensive end. That's a big issue for them. Um, but offensively, they don't seem to be as much of a juggernaut. Like last year, they were a top five offensive team. Top one, wise. Yeah, they. I was going to say they were like the number one offensive team heading into the playoffs. That has not been the case. Maybe no. Seth Curry is hurting there. I don't know, but yeah, here is a drop
1: off. Well, the the. The Seth Curry for Richardson trade made a lot of sense when it happened uh, for both teams. Yeah. Um, I think now that we're into it, it did make a lot of sense for the Mavs to lose that shooter because Richardson just isn't the shooter that Curry is. And to have a guy who can shoot like that next to Luka makes a lot of sense. But like, this is just like, like, and we talk about this all the time, this is the existential crisis, the existential question of NBA and, and basketball in general is you have these superstars who are so good with the ball in their hands and the numbers show that when the ball is in their hands, it, 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 it produces good things most of the time. Here's the problem with this. Like there is something that we can't pin put uh, uh, pinpoint in these numbers uh, that is related to, how a team actually functions yes. uh, and, and how other guys are involved. Like what, like how do you put a number on getting a touch on a possession, even if I don't shoot or, or do anything significant with it? How do I put a number on running through the lane on offense instead of just standing in the corner, you know, setting screens for others? Like you can't put numbers on this stuff. Yes. And what it does is when you have a guy like Luca or Harden or Trey Young uh who and and to be fair to Luca, I think he does a better job than those guys at getting yes, his neighbors involved. I agree. But when he has the ball that much and there's so much pick and roll, other guys can only be so involved. And that does something to a team. And we see it. We saw this last year with the Mags when they were the best offense in the league, but they had the worst clutch uh numbers in the league. That's just not how it works. Like there's something to be said. And and this is a thing that we talk about all the time. And it's this huge question facing basketball is how do we navigate these numbers and actual, you know, what's going on on the court in people's brains. Like these are real people out there. Like that's the thing too is we have to realize these are real people. If I go stand in the corner for 10 straight possessions, I'm probably not feeling great. You know what I mean? Like there's just something to that. So you have to, you know, we have to find a balance here and you know, the Mavs, they've had a couple of COVID issues um Maybe they get some slack. KP has missed a lot he co- he came back for a couple games. he's been really bad um since he's been back he is not he, he looks like he's uh, he might be done like it's bad the way he looks and and luca is you know Luca is the same Luca he was last year basically right yeah but like we are expecting him to take a little bit of a leap with his shooting numbers and it just it just hasn't it just hasn't happened yeah yeah
0: and and you know I think you make a great point. Uh, where statistically there are just certain things that won't show up on on stat sheets that actually have an impact in the game. And and to echo that, I watched a a Draymond Green interview. I can't remember who he was talking to. But there was one point, and it was back during the Mark Jackson era, uh, right before Mark Jackson left the Warriors, where the Warriors were playing a road game in San Antonio, and Curry was destroying the Spurs on high pick and rolls. So Draymond's telling this story about how Curry was making everything. He was coming off every screen, not a pick and roll style with the ball in his hands, the whole game, just knocking everything down. And the Spurs didn't adjust once. They didn't change their pick and roll coverage, not one time. Mm. So everybody on the Warriors was just standing still watching Steph Curry absolutely annihilate the Spurs for like the second and third quarter, I think is what he said. And all of a sudden Steph started missing shots and now it's like okay well he's not hot anymore now let's get the ball to clay now let's get the ball to so-and-so well they haven't shot the ball in two to three quarters or they haven't Aye. shot it in five or six possessions now you're asking them to get hot that's hard to do yes you know what I mean. as just as a basketball player if you've ever played the game that's hard to do is to just stand in the corner or stand on the wing for seven, eight possessions in a row, not even get a touch. Or if you do get a touch, you're giving it right back, whatever. You know what I mean? It's like it's hard to then say, oh, all right, well, now our guy is cooled down. Let let me try to get back in a rhythm. It doesn't work that way. However, when you come down, you run an offense, I've touched it at least, even if Steph was destroying these guys. But now I've touched it. At least in each of the last ten possessions, and we're moving. There's energy flowing. You know what I mean. And and Steph is getting every shot, but it's after everybody has touched the basketball, or four guys have touched the basketball. It's a totally different scenario uh, than when he starts to miss shots. It's like, all right, well, I'm in a rhythm now. I've I've touched it a few times. You know, we've I see now they're they're doubling Steph. The slips are there. Whatever. You know what I mean. So we're that's where those are things that you can't put in stats. Yeah. And those are the things where, you know, that's why I, I value Draymond Green so much higher than other people don't because he knows things like that. He understands things like that. And that's why they were so great for so long, regardless of who they plugged into their system, because they understood the concept of moving without the basketball. And Steve Kerr, who came in and and, is, and introduced that motion offense that they now run, what played for Pop. A lot of yeah. his philosophies come from Pop you know who and and you see those are the teams that sustain success for the longest periods of time and you have to be able to especially when you look at the Hawks and the Mavs both of those teams have like we said capable players who you can run these kind of offenses with Tim Hardaway Jr is no scrub mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson is not a scrub he's a high IQ player Villanova grad uh you know Josh Richardson's a high IQ player who can do multiple things with the ball you don't have to limit these guys to spot up shooters just because you want obviously your best player to have the ball in his hands. And the other thing that it does is when you, when there's more movement and you're not relying on Luca for the entire first three quarters, when the fourth quarter comes, he has fresher legs and the defense hasn't seen your high pick and rolls for three straight quarters and now can make adjustments to it. You know what I mean? They've been worried about other guys so far and now it's harder to adjust in a 12 minute quarter. Now, if you want to go all right, Luca, it's time to take over. You want to go into that mode? It's harder to stop Luca when he has fresh legs and the yep. defense hasn't seen him run his favorite set all game. Those are just those those are things that you can't
1: put down on a piece of paper or put in a stat. Couldn't agree more, Coop. And we will go to our graves fighting the NBA analytical movement. And we will fail because they will they will keep plugging on. One day they will be a reckoning though, and we will show them this podcast. That and the the shoot
0: that we're gonna fight analytics to the death yes. and shoot first point guard. The shoot first point guard. Yeah, 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 that, that one's first. We gotta that, get that
1: one first. Well, they're that, kind of related though. They're kind they of are. Related, yes, they you know are. what I mean. Like, yeah. So it's so. hard. I'm,
0: I'm fighting that every day. So uh, yep. coaching, yeah. I'm trying to get guys out get guys out of that mentality of standing still, watching one guy do everything. So. I'm doing my part. (laughs) All right. So who else is on your your hate list so far this season or teams that have disappointed
1: you? Probably out with the Pelicans. Um, Yeah. yeah, I don't even know if I would say they've disappointed me per se, but they've been disappointing in general. Yeah, Just like, I think we kind of knew that this was a weird team with how they were built. Like with the Steve Adams, Zion and, and BI thing, like three good players, two of them better than the third, but like, I just don't know how they mix on a 2021 NBA basketball court, and Zion and Brandon and Ingram in general.
0: Yeah, right. And then you 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 know you got that front court. You don't know how that meshes, and then your back court is Lonzo and Eric Bledsoe.
1: Right. So, so like, you, you put mess- two guys who can't shoot next to your like three uh, towers. Like I don't quite get it. And then they have like JJ off the bench, who is probably going to get moved. Um, because I'm sure that they're looking at this season thinking, we're not ready to compete yet. Yeah. Um, and then they're going to have big decisions to make. right? Like At some point, they have to decide if Zion and Brandon Ingram work together. Yeah. The evidence right now says no. If you look at when they were together last year, um, after Zion came back, through this year, they're both putting up pretty good numbers. But, yeah. like we just said, something isn't meshing. Yeah, uh, and it's not and it's not leading to wins. So I think they have a big decision to make. Yeah, I I'd, I'd roll with Zion personally.
0: Well, yeah, I think you you would have to if it ever came down to that. I think they have a, the luxury of time with those two at least, um, who they don't have the luxury of time with is Lonzo. Uh, yeah, you you've got to make a decision on Lonzo Ball and whether he's your your point guard, and maybe that will actually help them because maybe you know you get a better shooting point guard or something like that. Maybe he spaces the floor a little better for Brandon and and Zion. Um, I don't mind Zion and Steven Adams in the front court. I don't hate, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Um, I think Zion has to become a better three point shooter for that to work though, where he can be a little more of a stretch four.
1: Yeah.
0: Really. I think that would just elevate his game in general, but like, I think there's not enough shooting on this Pelicans roster to space the floor. For Bi and Zion to coexist with a Stephen Adams, that's just that's well, those three alone. Ain't, that's not a lot of shooting, and then your backcourt can't shoot. It's just too. It's too much.
1: The Stephen Adams thing was the dumbest, probably that's, the dumbest move of the offseason. Right?
0: Bad, that and the I think the the Bledsoe. I mean the Drew Holiday trade. And was the bad. I, can play, like, that.
1: I don't get and and I know that um David Griffith. David Griffin is like. You know, we've anointed him as one of these best one of the great GMs in the league because right. I guess getting number one picks to fall to you in the lottery <laughs> makes you a great GM. It's hard, like not easy. so he's yeah. like this great GM that nobody ever criticizes. I think he has a lot of friends in the media, is probably why. Yeah. Uh, but some of these moves you're like, what are you doing? That makes no sense when they make the move. And then of course it plays out that way. So yeah. we're not super surprised. I think a lot of people are surprised that they've struggled. Yeah. yeah.
0: Hopefully J.J. ends up back in Philly. There's been some rumors about that, and Lonzo Ball seems to be on the trading block as well. I'm interested to see where he lands. Um, and one, if Dad is happy about it, which he won't be. He's going to go to Charlotte. <laughs> that, would be, that would be the media circus of the year, wouldn't it? With LaMelo already coming off the bench, he's already expressed his displeasure about that.
1: Who's uh, the best but, suitor for J.J. Reddick? Who, who do you think? Where, where does it make the most sense?
0: you think? Well, uh, you know, he's obviously – For him. For him, personally, I would probably – I think the Lakers would be a good fit for him um, if there were some way that they could do that. They, that's one thing that they lack. They don't have like a true sniper that they can kind of bring in.
1: True.
0: Sure. Um, Milwaukee obviously makes a ton I was, of sense. I, I was thinking much, of Milwaukee. They need as much shooting as they can possibly get. Um, I would say those two are probably the best fits. You know the Sixers are always going to look for shooting as long as they have Ben and Joel, well. so maybe they're a distant third. But I think the Lakers and the Bucks
1: could probably use them the most. I was thinking to return back to the Clippers actually. That um, Dake
0: also could use some perimeter shooting as well. Yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, yeah, we can do this all.
0: Every team needs that, but the needs
1: mo- that. But who is lacking it? Because Luke Kennard has kind of sucked. Like he was not, he's not who they thought he was going to be when they gave him all that money. I don't think.
0: I agree. So, are we out on the heat? I mean, you you think they're still mm. going to turn around and get – are we – I shouldn't say out on the heat. I should say are we going to be as harsh on the heat as their record says we should or are we giving them a pass because Jimmy
1: Butler has been out for like a month? I think they get a pass
0: I agree. for now.
1: I think they get a pass until um, – what are they at now? They're at the 19-game mark. Let's let's give them until – what's the halfway point? 36 games? Yeah. Let's wait to the halfway mark. See where they are. Because you know, it's just like so and, and this is NBA in in 20, this is life in 2021 is you know, COVID COVID issues and stuff, so we don't know, but let's give them a pass for now, I think. I agree. I'm I'm going to give them a pass
0: for now as well um until they get their their leader back.
1: Wizards uh, get no in- pass. Wizards no, no,
0: are no. bums. Just trade Bradley Beal. Blow it up.
1: Don't even trade him. <laughs> Screw Bradley. I'm so sick of Bradley Beal. Oh, come oh, on. He's I playing feel, so well. I feel so bad for Bradley Beal. Hey, dude, why don't you play one possession of defense, okay? Play one possession of defense before you, you know, oh, this is terrible. I feel so bad for Bradley Be- Okay, well, Bradley Beal, guess what? The guy next to you was All-NBA 13 last year. Whether or not he deserved it, we can question that. But he was right next to you. You have two of you guys, okay? You shouldn't be four and twelve. Okay. And if you're four and twelve, like this is the thing, like, and and now I'm gonna go off because <laughs> Matthew, so Matthew Stafford gets traded over the weekend, right? Oh, and Matthew boy. Stafford, everyone's like, oh, Matthew Stafford, like the Rams got Matthew Stafford. Like, guess what? You know what Matthew Stafford is? He's a freaking loser. Okay? Like, yeah, right. Like, say I like,
0: agree. I want to say babe. Oh,
1: like he, Oh, he's he well, they never put a team around him. He never had any help. It's been 11 years. Like the <laughs> guy is a he's the quarterback. Eventually like you have to take responsibility. And Matthew Stafford is a loser. Okay? Bradley Beal eventually you have to take responsibility. Okay? He is a it's he's proving it out. Okay? I don't need to say this. Everyone sees it. They're 4 and 12 bradley Beal is a loser okay i'm sorry he deserves responsibility for this too i know russ has been bad So, uh, but uh, yeah listen
0: brad Beal is not someone you want as your best player it's just as simple as that yes um, he averages he's averaging 35 5 and 5 and they're 4 and 12 that should tell that alone because any other superstar in the league puts up those numbers is not 4 and 12 and, you know, granted, I'm not I'm not a Brad Beal hater. I actually really love Brad Beale, But I really love him as your second and, and really your third yes. best player, right, and on a team with other good defenders. Like, I would love him on the Sixers. I would love him if we yeah. didn't have to give up Ben. I would love him on the Sixers if we, could, yeah. if we would have – at this point, because he's destroying statistically, we would have to give up Ben. I think there might have been a time where we could have got him without giving up Ben last year. But – at this point, I think that's the kind of fit for him, though, right? Like, or the Lakers. Yes. I think he'd be really, really good on yeah, the Lakers. Yeah, see that.
1: And they but don't he, like him to be a defensive player. They don't need him to contribute exactly. anything on defense, even if he's the worst defender. And I think he would. I think he would play more defense
0: on a bad team. I think just Maybe. that just typically naturally happens because like LeBron's sure. not LeBron's not putting up with that shit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So like you know, I, I think he plays more defense if if. uh if if he's on a better team, not a ton more. I don't think he's a lockdown guy, but like that's the that's the situation Brad Beal needs to be in for your team to be good. And I think that's just I think that's just how it is. Like remember when Kevin Love was the best player in the Timberwolves and his numbers were incredible. And I was trying to tell everyone that like listen, Kevin Love's good, but for you to win a championship with Kevin Love on your team, he has to be your third best player. Yes. Cavs it. You know what I mean? That, that's exactly what happened. So it's just. And they barely won. Guy. Exactly. <laughs> hey, in, and, yeah.
1: but, well, here's the thing. And like, so like, example, like what has been happening in the news? A lot of people are talking about like market manipulation with GameStop, right? Oh, okay. We've been, we've been talking about this a lot. NBA teams do this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stat manipulation. Okay. It's market manipulation. Yep. Trey Young, what I just mentioned, okay? They're tra- last year when they were trying to make the draft pick not seem so bad. Let's get Trey the ball. Let's get him in position. Last year, the Wizards with Bradley Beal. Let's get Brad the Beal, get Brad Beal the ball more, up his trade value, right? Up the trade. There you are. Up his trade value, right? And then try to make a deal for them, right? They ended up not doing that. And, and like, I just think – and and it all goes back to that conversation we just had about guys having the ball a lot and what they can do with it. Like, we have to start – you know, there should be weighted – should, people should have a weighted points per game compared to their usage rates.
0: I would love that. I would love for someone to develop that formula. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. All right. Well, well that wraps – Oh, I'm sorry. Nope. Nope. nope, slander nope. For I'm, just
1: coo- I'm just cooling down over here, man. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Well, that wraps up today's topics. Uh, we've been a little long, man. But yeah, we do. Yeah. We've, we've been it's, off for.
1: It's, it's, it's been, been a, a
0: minute. fabulous yeah. season two. <laughs> We're giving you extra content, guys. Enjoy yep. it. Love it. Yep. Uh, thank you, guys, for tuning in to another episode. Remember, you can find us on social media uh, on Facebook, IG, and Twitter. Uh, all in network is our Facebook and IG. It's at all underscore in underscore pod on Twitter. Make sure you follow us. We're going to start getting active um, and, and doing some more polls and things like that as the NBA season goes on. Uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to our channel if you haven't already. If you're listening in on the audio, make sure you hit that subscribe button as well uh, and leave a li- leave a rating, a review, things like that. Help our podcast get noticed this this season. We're coming back with some fire for you guys. So stay tuned for more all in podcasts. And remember to head over to our website, all in for merch, uh, the all in politics podcast and more. Yep. Mike, anything you want to say to the people as we close out? Well, I think you
1: nailed it. season I, two. I think you nailed the plugs there. Uh you did a great job with those. Yeah, make sure you do all the things Eli just told you to. We are coming back hot and heavy. We're gonna be doing some more stuff. Uh, gambling stuff too. I want to do some more gambling. So we're gonna we're, we're gonna be coming in. We're gonna be coming in sure.
0: hot. Uh, yeah, we're, season, season we get all we're in, excited. Maybe get some get some help from all in bets. Oh, all in bets could be interesting. Stay
1: tuned, people.
0: Stay tuned. We'll see you guys again for our next episode when we preview the Super Bowl. Stay yep. tuned.
1: Right. See you Peace. guys.